Imagine what it'd be like if we were really curious about each other. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com, the podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational. Now, here's your host for this week, Kep Crab. Welcome to Larger Stories Podcast, Relational Spirituality, where you belong, you become, and you get a chance to be known. I'm your host, Kep Crab. We've talked a lot about what cross-generational discipleship might look like, or what does it take to be a spiritual director, a spiritual mentor, or a spiritual friend. As you develop relationships and pour into the younger generations of kids, coming up in this crazy, fallen world today. It looks way different today than it did when I was a teenager or in my mid-20s, early 20s. I'm now a 55-year-old man, and what we mostly want to do through Larger Story is to rise up godly people to step into the lives of hurting, lonely, and typically disillusioned people, and the need for that is critical, as critical as it has ever been. My guest today is helping fill that vast void by establishing relationships with kids who are probably the most in need of love, hope, guidance, and mostly a friend. I'm joined today by a guy who I met 20 years ago as a young man starting college. And over the years, we've developed a neat friendship, and it's fun to see God's hand on this guy's life and journey. Welcome, Roosevelt Leslie, to the show. Rose, thanks for joining me today, bro. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's great to catch up and good to see you. Good to see you too, bro, for sure. Thanks for joining me. So so you and I met at Colorado Christian University when I was the men's and women's tennis coach there. And that was in the late 90s, early 2000s. What were, what were the exact time on that? With it, with you and I started to meet each other and we're, we were in some Bible studies, I know, and some of that stuff. But what, what were the dates on that? How long has it been? For sure. Yeah, so I was at CCU from 99 to 2003. And yeah. so, yeah, we were able to meet up and you invited me in on a couple of things and uh, man, it's just been a, a joyful journey to get to know you and the work that you're doing. Thanks, bro. I appreciate that, man. Well, you've got, uh, you've got a wife, you've got a couple of sons, but, but talk to us and talk to our audience today about when did you really get serious about what it meant to be a Christian, what that really means. And then tell us a little bit maybe about yourself. All right. So yeah, my journey in the faith, really around that time frame of when I was entering college, I started to get serious about my relationship with God. First and foremost, yeah, I was there at Colorado Christian University on a basketball scholarship and just, okay. man, I love basketball. I, I have ever since I picked up the game at an early age of eight years old, to be honest. God just showed me that he cared about my sport and I got involved with FCA in high school. And the more that I knew that God had a plan for me with the game of basketball, the more I just dived in into his calling for my life. So yeah, I, I met my wife there at CCU and we both wanted to become teachers and, and coach sports. And uh, yeah, today I'm able to coach my son's here in Mullen High School, but overall, just seeing the impact of 
what a coach could do in someone's life. Growing up, to be honest, I had some average to poor coaches and I looked at it as an opportunity to a window into a soul and use a game of basketball to instruct life and faith. So I love that, bro. We're not here today to debate whether or not LeBron or Michael are the best players of all time. So that's not where we're here. <laughs> but you do a lot of coaching and you've had a chance to reach out to some kids that are in hard places that really do need a, oftentimes a real, a mole, a, excuse me, a male role model or someone who really does care. And what, what's been the, the most challenging thing that you've run into as you've done some of that over the last few years? Wow. In that regards, coming out of college, um, yeah, I was able to go play a little basketball overseas. But when I dived into coaching, my first, man, God has a funny way of doing things, but <laughs> my first mission work was to coach and teach at a, a school that has incarcerated youth here in Colorado at Ridgeview Academy. And man, that was, that was a super challenge. But that, that, that's an environment where you really dive in and you get to see the lives of, of, of broken young men. I wish I could have started ease my way into it, like a place like Valor or Mullen, where I've coached before, but God gave me my hardest assignments and the get-go. And with his faith and faithfulness, he really showed me why he wanted me on the journey. Seeing a lot of young men with single parent families, their parents were incarcerated. My first mission in teaching and coaching was a huge challenge, but also God showed me a lot that there, there are people that need guidance. They need his love, that he has a purpose and plan for their lives. And that the education system or sport are only vehicles into one's life to have impact. That's, that's awesome. You and I, we, we were having breakfast here, I think just a few weeks ago or whatever it was, and you were unpacking your story. And that's what inspired me to ask you to join me on this podcast, because it's such an amazing story as you continue to move and, and some of the struggles you've been through, but some of the things you're going on, what, what have you seen as you're working with these kids? And we've talked about some of the challenges you getting in with kids that are incarcerated. Those are obviously a, most of the time problem kids. And for you to have a chance to, to minister to them is awesome. But what has been the most effective thing that you've seen as you work with some of the, some of the young men that you're working with in school right now? Before I address that question, I do want to mention like my grandfather and my father are pastors and they've just sold a seed in my heart to help other people. And. I grew up in a rough neighborhood and just seeing my grandfather work with people on the streets. He had a street ministry in the church. His bravery and his courage and his availability that he spent time, really people that are thrown away in society really gave me a heart to do the same thing. And as I have also worked in other public school environments, kids just really want to know one, that they're loved two, that someone cares for them, three, that would you invest some time teaching them, whether it's robotics or sports, people need to understand that they can have impact in whatever they're doing. Even if it's just taking five minutes out of your day to let, let a kid know that they're cared for. I know 
This week, I had lunch with a kid whose dad died in December, and he's not on my basketball team, but he's a member of our community. And I just let him know that he's loved. If he needs anything from me, let me know. He's welcome to any of our games or the locker room and that, that God has an amazing plan for his life. And I want to let that young man know that, hey, find your passion. I'll help you find your passion. Let's walk through life together and let's see where this journey takes us. And that's what I appreciate about you. 20 years later, you're still calling me, checking in on me, showing that accountability. And that's contagious. And I, I hope to... I hope to continue to do that to others. Um, there's a lot of young men that, that I'm mentoring right now that I'd like to talk about too. So that's what it's all about. Loving others first, really loving God and then loving others as well. I love hearing that story about your grandfather who just kind of set the tone in your life and, and gave you the example that it's that spiritual mentor that, that, that says, Rose, I want you to watch me. My dad did that with me. And I love how dad interacted with people and what you're talking about with your grandfather and your dad, how they were an example to you. And I think that's really what we're missing today is these kids, especially some of the kids that you're referring to, they don't have good fathers or any father. They don't even know their father. And so that whole family thing has just dissolved. And so We've got to fill in the gaps. So what does it look like to step into that? And you're doing that, Rose. That's what I'm so, I'm so proud of you, bro. Just to see what kind of a man you've turned into from when you were just a young punk playing basketball at CCU and just you, God's grabbed hold of your life, bro. And that's what excites me. For sure. I think as, as believers and people in the faith, when it's all said and done, if, if we can all accept the call and just leave a little God space whatever your career may take you, God could do miracles with, just like he did in the Bible with the two fish and five loaves. For instance, there's a young man that I'm, same kind of relationship you and I have, this young man and I have been talking for the last 20 years, Luciano Gonzalez. This is a, a young man that grew up on the west side of Denver who uh, got caught up in gangs, but now he's going to church with me every Sunday. I, I married this young man 12 years ago. He just celebrated him and his wife, Ashley, just celebrated their 12th year anniversary. And they have two, two kids who he's teaching the Bible to, and we're just doing life together as well. So it doesn't matter what aspect of life. And he's hoping to get into ministry and, and become a pastor. At some point, I'm mentoring a coach who I coached around 12 to 15 years ago, Drake, Drake Calloway, who's a head coach at Northfield High School. He was a part of our 2007-2008 state championships at Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln High School. But this young man is pouring into his students now. So this thing really, once you're discipled, I think it really becomes contagious it's the gifts that keeps on giving. And I love and that. I, yeah. So like you and your dad had that relationship. When I talked to your dad, Mr. Kraft on, I still remember those conversations that we had on retreats 
and he just had the heart and passion of God. And those are contagious. When I have those conversations with my dad, my dad was just in town this past week from Indiana, but a generational being as Paul and Timothy built, we, it's our, it's our duty to bring up the next generations and empower them to love God, find out their calling and passions, and really accept the calling challenge. As we know, there's a lot of temptations, a lot of distractions with drugs, alcohol, decisions that need to be made every day. If we root ourselves in the Lord and Christ, really, the, it's endless possibilities to the flip side on the positive things that we can get involved with and the lives that we can change. I think as I hear you talking, Rose, what I, what I think of is the ripple effect of throwing that stone into the pond and then just seeing those ripples of all the things that are going on from your grandfather to your father, my father, to these guys that you've, you've worked with that now are, are working with other people and just how this whole thing just organically explodes. That's what we want. You're kind of unpacking. Let's, let's, let's talk a little practical, bro. You're, you're meeting with a lot of kids. You're coaching, coaching a lot of young, young people today. Obviously, they're different. In terms of what they're seeing, you talked about you know, the drugs and the, the alcohol and just, but all the stuff that they get with just, just having a phone in their hand nowadays is just, it's just something that, that I didn't have. And I think you were just stepping into it as you were even younger. What, what do you do to connect with these kids initially? And I know you talked about sports a little bit, but unpack a little bit how you make that relational connection start developing that relationship with these kids. What, what do you do? Not to throw any salt in your game. I'm not as old as you, but still, thanks. I'm not. I'm not really like a, a social media guy. I post and I do different things here or there, but I don't know really the nuances of all that. My kids are trying to help me keep up with that. But for me, I'm like old school in the fact that I know how to use a cell phone, but. We're proud of you on that. Anyway, <laughs> my, my challenge, I'm, I'm glad I was able to get on this podcast, okay, with my technology challenges. But hey, if we can work with my dad, we can work with anybody. So I love that. But when I, my daily challenge, once God prompts something on your heart, he'll always give you the mechanism on how to keep that fire burning. And for me, yeah. I wake up and I try to, send an encouragement text to friend, a family member, someone on my team, my kids, if it's a scripture, if it's like a motivational quote that I read, just to really keep life, you know, at its brightest points, because we, have, we do have so much that we're dealing with as human beings, deaths and families, sickness. I was at a basketball game coaching and I, I blacked out last week. And so you never what know. Happened? I got lightheaded and just phased out. And I've seen, I, I, I'm a personal trainer. I, I deem myself to be very healthy, but we don't know when our last days are called upon us. We sure. And so anyone that God puts in my life, ask God on a practical level. God, what do you want me to show this person? Or what can I learn from this person? How can I encourage someone in my life? Is it my wife? 
Is it my kids? How can I fuse positivity or step into that God space in their life? And it's, it really becomes a, a reciprocal effect. And I'm willing to allow those people to speak into me. Those young people actually bless me more than I reach out and try to bless them. But overall, it's, I would say, try to be the light, try to be a light and try to gauge the light of others. Like when I stepped on the campus, there was something I saw in you that I'm like, man, that's a light that turns on. How could I, how can I learn from Kev? How can I learn from Dr. Kev when he came on campus? I would try to steal five minutes of his time. So it's all about growing, helping others grow growing fruit on others' trees and in any capacity that you can. Maybe it's a kind word or a kind act, even holding the door for someone. So just little things like that creates conversation, creates opportunities for mission trips. I was able to take my son and, and his basketball team to Puerto Rico with Athletes in Action last summer. So little small gestures to create something big or go on the reservation and do a basketball camp. Are, are some community events that I, you know, it can go yep. going to out of the country to just spending five minutes encouraging someone. Mm-hmm. So as the, as the Lord opens up doors, our job is to be willing and ready to step into that space. You, you're just encouraging Rose big time and, and motivating. One of the questions I had for you today was, was something that I think you just answered is, is working with these kids. And loving on these kids, how has that impacted you and how has that changed you? And you talk about this reciprocal back and forth relationship, which is exactly what I think you and I have. And you talked about how it's made you different. You're, you're more caring. You're more aware of, of the impact that you really do have on people. And I think that's a little bit of like what you and I've had in the last 20 years. Talk a little bit about our relationship. You mentioned... You, you, you called me at, at times a mentor in your life, and I'm, I'm humbled by that. Uh, I think we're just journeying friends who are trying to not fall off the journey too badly here and encourage each other. But what's, what's our relationship been like to you, bro? For sure. So when we met, you were a coach at the college level on campus, and I've always aspired to be a coach. And this is my first year as a head coach, but I saw the God in you as a head coach, the way you loved your team, your tennis team on campus and just met with them with weekly encouragement and Bible studies. And I wasn't even on your team, but you invited me into your circle. I have no idea on how to play tennis. Maybe I could be a decent recreation player. You're an okay athlete, Rose, but you don't have those things. Exactly. So, but just the small time that we spent together 20 years ago and able to keep our, maintain our relationships of having breakfast or lunch together and seeing you raise your kids in a godly way, loving and caring on your wife, that, yep. those are seeds that I'm like, okay, that's how you do this or that. So learning from faithful men who are doing it correctly, I always use the saying with the students, you don't, you don't have to, uh, touch the water to know that it's wet. And 
for me, looking into your life and how you cared and brought up your family and how you work with your team, how you work with people one-on-one in conversation, I try to apply that to my relationships, whether at home with my sports teams or even one-on-one professionally on my job. That's so important, bro. It's, it's so encouraging to hear you say that. It's just, it's very humbling to me. What would you consider to be the most important thing to do as you're reaching these forgotten kids today? Yeah, I would say when you, everyone has a circle of influence, whether you want it or not. So that looks like a lot of different things. You have your inner circle with your family, that you have your community whether that's work or getting involved and whether that's tutoring kids or helping out at Sunday school, we all have our circle of influence. And once you have that circle of influence, my grandfather always told me, never get to the point where you know it all. And in my first year of being a head coach this year, I've included others in to speak into my current group. For instance, Dre Calloway, he was, he's a head coach, as I mentioned, at Northfield High School. He was involved in our holiday tournament, and we happened to yep. play them this year. Part of the 2007-2008 Abraham Lincoln High School team, he was our point guard. He, first of all, a kid of great character, and then on the basketball court, phenomenal. But I had him come into our locker room speak to the guys on what leadership looks like after the game and what is what is his role in teaching others and so that's why i say it's the gift that keeps on giving i had a kid at abraham lincoln as well that i took on a mission trip over 20 years ago who came to a game and just gave a leadership lesson at a practice to one of our kids and and what that experience what does that look like now for him as an adult So I think the more that you really include others in on the journey, you build up an army, you build up something that, that light just continues to get brighter and brighter. The dullness of the world, as we mentioned, tragedies with family, drugs, the distractions, it really just built up a juggernaut, which is a force that, um, that just continues building gravitivity. So. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, and it's funny because you're, you're answering all my questions that I've got for you today. As I was, I was thinking, how do we seize the opportunity and move into the lives of the people that we do encounter on our day-to-day daily lives to put Jesus on display? And what you're talking about is the kind of the sphere of influence that we have. What it sounds like you're saying, Rose, and, and tell me if I'm not hearing you, but it sounds like you're saying to be intentional and, 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 and to be moving into it so you can't sit back you have to be going for it when you're when you're around those people stepping into things that maybe you aren't as comfortable with is that is that accurate oh that's best and the more that we can dive into god's word and build a, a fortitude around our lives this becomes really magnitude and evident in our lives there was if i were to give any advice from what I've learned with our relationship and just seeing lives blossom around us, there's three relationships that you really need besides 
building a strong relationship with Christ, we definitely need one mentor, someone that shows you the ropes and who's always there for you and who's passing down information. Then you need like a peer, peer support, someone that you can honestly cry out to and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this or that. Can we do life together? And then lastly, I would say you need someone to pass that information that's that's stored and you gain. You need to pass it down, whether that's to your child, two sons, to a player, someone who's going to really run the race with you and, and pour it to someone else that's in their shirt. So that's why I keep saying it continues. Just a never-ending gift, the gift that keeps on giving, like we share. I know we've talked about too, and we're in the process of trying to organize our larger story can come alongside you and some of the things that you're working with and some of the groups that you're working with with a lot of these inner city kids and kids that need to be loved on and need to realize that they're, they're, they're part of something bigger than themselves mm-hmm. and they're really hoping that. And, and that's what we want to do with Larger Stories. So I was so keen on bringing you in today to chat with some of the people, introducing you to some of the people that, that get a chance to watch us and let them know that this is the direction we want to go. These are the kids that we want to touch. And how do we build up mentors, spiritual friends, whatever you want to call it. But it's really a, a spiritual friendship is what I would say you and I've had Amen. over the years. Or a, a, a friendship that's only possible because of the Holy Spirit, which makes it spiritual. Mm-hmm. And one where we really do genuinely care about each other. And I think that that's something that carries on. And I love how you continue to just hand that off to, to people. So where do you want to be in the next couple of years, bro? That's a tough question. God's graced me with a lot of opportunities. And I, again, accredit adults in my life like you, my dad, my grandfather. I've been up to over 25 countries. I've coached the bas- the game of basketball here locally, nationally, overseas. I've got great opportunities of teaching, being a counselor, a mental health counselor. So to be honest, I take it one day at a time and, uh, really wherever God puts on my heart for that day, I find myself to really gravitate towards that. But as anywhere that I can continue, whether that's, I guess, being the sensei, born yeah. into others, sure. learning, learning that's more, it. we never arrive, but I see that whether it be in a corporate setting or here on the basketball court or a school, I, I feel like there's no container for what God is building through the power of the Holy Spirit. Something's happening, bro. There's no question. Something's happening now, and it's time for us to move and be bold. Be bold as we, as we, as we talk with these people about what it means to have hope and hope in, in what's coming. Because if this is all we got, it's not that good. Rose, I I just love you, bro. You're doing a great work. I think God is using you. And it's been so neat to just see your journey over the last 20 plus years as God's taken hold of you and and what he's doing in your life and through you, man. And continuing to use you because we're just vessels. And I love the fact that you're a willing vessel who's who's stepping in. So anything you want to say as we get ready to wrap it up here, my man? I definitely want to thank you and just the many years that you poured into this, your dad, 
and your family. You guys are beacons of hope for, for everyone. We need ministries like the one that you're doing. And it really empowers us all to step into our circles and thrust forward in Christ. I love that, man. Man, you're such an encouragement, Rose. And I'm, I'm so grateful that we get to work together and, and be friends. So, folks, thanks for joining us today. On behalf of Roosevelt Leslie, I'm Kep Crab. I want to encourage you to just next week, we'll have another podcast for Larger Story on relational spirituality, where you can belong, you can become, and you can be known. Rose, have a great day. Thanks again. If you like what you heard today, hit the like button just below. Then come back by subscribing to our podcast channel. For more resources on relational spirituality, go to our website at largerstory.com. Thank you.